Hello friends and welcome to Wednesday's midweek edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast. I am Mark Heath, the whole damn gang is here. Ross Halls, Andy Warren, Stuart Watson wearing a lovely pink slash red top which brings out his beautiful eyes. Boys, it's tremendous to be in your company as ever. How are we all? Stu, I'm going to start with you because you, you've had double excitement. You've been to Alton Towers and now you're immortal. Just talk us through it all. Um, I have been to Alton Towers, yeah, a nice weekend there at Alton Towers, although it did hammer down with rain for most of the time. And uh, I've had my first jab this morning. So How I did that I go? Makes you immortal, does it? Well, straight away you've you've, you've failed um, because you didn't put anything on social media, and I, I don't think it's effective unless you unless you share to the world that you've you've had the jab. Extra points for sharing a picture of your picture of your vaccine card as well. So you're not doing it right, Stu. You've wasted that vaccination. Um, in uh, did you get how long were you at Alton Towers for? Uh, two nights. Two nights. So you at the park for two, for two days. Mm-hmm. How many yeah. rides did you go on in that time? Because my experience, I went to Alton Towers when I was twenty one for my birthday. We were there the whole day, and I think we went on three or four rides in in the whole time. Most of the time was spent standing in queues. Was that is that still the experience at Alton Towers? Um, I think the most I queued was about. 45 minutes but Ooh. obviously we have our five-year-old daughter so most of most of the time is spent in cbb's land doing in the night garden and postman pat and uh all, all that sort of stuff and children's play areas and things like that what was the best ride that you went on did you did you get kind of permission to go off and go on a, a dangerous ride i did i went on um the smiler it's called and i enjoyed that just What's that? Loop the loops and corkscrews and that's the uh, that that's the one, isn't it? That's the, the one what? where that's the one where it happened. Oh, did, what something unpleasant? Yeah, is it? Is it that one? Yeah. What's the other one there? The, um, is it Oblivion, where people got stuck looking downwards for about six hours, teetering on the brink? Um, that'd be a no from me. Uh, Hutchie, have you been on any rides recently? Um, no, no rides. swings. Swings always on the swings. That's um more of a pusher on the swings than a than yeah. a swing than a swinger. Um, but yeah, lots of <laughs> lots of lots of <laughs> lots of swings. <laughs> That's what I've heard about you, um, Roscoe. Moving on, how are you, my friend? Are you a pusher, not a swinger? You're muted, you. my friend. You're muted. <laughs> he's been messing about oh. with that microphone oh, for, the, for the duration of this so far and it's I'd come imagine, back to bite him i'd imagine yeah. you started there with something hilarious but we didn't hear it so i'll ask you again are you a pusher not a swinger uh yeah i'm not, not a swinger um i'm not a doggy either um <laughs> and all that so uh yeah i do like <laughs> i do like slides i do like slides so i like going down slides Again, that's how your that's... driving test first, Ross. If you're going to get in, get into the old dogging scene, you need a car, don't you? Yeah, I've got I've got contacts. <laughs> he gets he get he gets lifts. He's fine as long as he's got a vehicle. <laughs> Liam from Crew will drive him anywhere he wants to go. Um, <laughs> boys, move let's move on. I digress. Benson just walked into the uh, the studio. How are you, my friend? You well? He's well. Um, sexy stuff, boys. It is the season for sexy stuff, uh, and. There's been something quite exciting happening today. So I'm, I'm going to start with that. I'm going to throw lots of names at you in the next 10, 15 minutes. We can talk about them all. But the name that will be on most people's lips today is a former England international, um, formerly Premier League star, uh, and some would argue potentially the greatest finisher, goal scorer, natural goal scorer of his generation. Jermaine Defoe has been linked with its rich town today, Stu. This is both ambitious and exciting. Talk us through it, if you would, while wearing your lovely jumper. Quite taken with this, aren't you? Um, yeah. Yes, a name that I'd heard kind of knocking about for a few weeks, hadn't really been able to kind of stand it up. Then Football Insider uh, has done a story today saying Ipswich are set to make an ambitious move for Jermaine Defoe, made a few more calls off the back of that. My understanding is it's a name that's been spoken about amongst the Ipswich hierarchy, um, more to, around the sort of the Ashton O'Leary kind of end of, of things, um, but very quickly came to the conclusion that um, he's, he's, he's going to cost too much money. Basically, he's out of contract at Rangers. 
Um, he's been on around 30, 35,000 pounds a week, uh, reportedly up at Rangers. That even that's a big gap to kind of meet somewhere in the middle with, with Ipswich Town in, in League One next season. Yes, Ipswich have got money behind them, but um, there are financial fair play rules to abide by, which we, we've spoken about. 60% of turnover can can go on wages. So um, I'd be very, very surprised if anything changes and that happens. But it gives you a little bit of an idea of uh, the type of names and level that, that Ipswich Town are talking about this summer, as we've um, kind of alluded to already in, in some of the previous pods in terms of the, the level of ambition um, that the club is, is uh, undertaking this summer. Yeah, Hutchie, what did you make of Jermaine Defoe? Because when um, Sue put in the group chat, I'm just checking out Defoe, uh, I got engorged. I got quite excited because you hear Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe and you think of all the goals he scored. You don't immediately think, oh, he's, he's 38 years old. Um, and looking at social media, people are saying, well, no thanks, mate. He's 38. He's useless. Past it, all that sort of stuff. But um, what, what did you make of, of, of that kind of ambition in terms of town? Um. I think, yeah, like you said, I think it's a good marker of what the ambition is. It, it doesn't, it's not something that hugely, hugely excites me. Um, I don't think he's past it either. I think he, mm. I think he would come in and I think he would, um, he would score some goals. Of course he would. He's, he's in good shape. He's, <clears> he's still playing. He had slipped down the pecking order a little bit of Rangers, but um, clearly, clearly is still a, a fit, a fit guy who can operate very comfortably, I'd have thought, at, at Towns. At town's level, um, you know, we're we're saying we're saying that we'd be surprised if they could get anywhere near the the figures involved, and I think that's right. I, I, even if they could, I'm not sure if they should um, to that level. I think that that money could be better spent um, elsewhere, and that that would be my would be my thoughts on it. Someone maybe a, a little more long term, a little more permanent, a little more building blocky rather than the flash flash name um but I, I i can't sit here and say that he's done and he's he's too old and past it because i just don't think that's true i think he if i think if he did end up in league one he'd score a fair amount of goals in it of course he would but um it's not i don't know i don't i don't get too excited by these these flashy name name signings for players that are too that, that are sort of reaching that kind of age it just doesn't it just doesn't do it for me i'd like i'd like to see them addressing the gaps in the in the squad in terms of age that we've spoken about before in terms of 27 28 year olds um who are on it and um could could, could see Ipswich as their vehicle to move up the leagues um that's what I'd like that's what I'd like to see just as an aside Hutchie what does get you excited because I don't think I've ever seen you excited what what really revs your engine good service stations on the motorway <laughs> um numbers Squad numbers, yeah. Squad numbers, kit launches. New, new, new kits. Um yeah. Can you give you... me an ex- can you give me an excited face? No. <laughs> Good. Um Ross. Screenshot. Does, Screenshot yeah. for the pod. Does uh Ross, do, do you mind if I obviously it doesn't sound like it's gonna happen, but as an Ipswich Town fan, does it excite you to be linked with those kind of names? We've said clearly that's an ambitious target, maybe not a realistic target, but what do you make of it? Well, it doesn't fit my quota on the thirties. Exactly. You know, he's he's close to the forty, so you know. Ancient. Um, but we yeah, should all be put down, know. shouldn't we, Ross? By your sort of rules. Ah, that's playing approaching football. forty. <laughs> yeah. That's what the vaccine should be used for. Just to put, <laughs> just to put it down. Can I tell you something that does get me excited? Actually, if you yes. look over, look over my right shoulder on the bed behind me. Yeah. Can you can you see some yellow football socks? I can see yellow, yeah. They're yeah, socks, those, yeah. those are the those are said yellow. You know the yellow socks that went with the away the third kit that that I've I've really enjoyed. Yeah, over the last year, I bought some. So that that's that's that's, that's got you, me going. And then what do you do with them once you've got them? Do you walk around the house wearing them or? Uh, probably wear them when I, if I go out cycling. They're huge. They're four sizes too big for me. But um, do, you, do you pull them right the way up? Depending on the weather, yeah. Get nice. them up to the knees. Yeah, that excites me. So, uh, ah, I am excited. Socks, <laughs> four sizes too big. I thought socks just came in like maybe One size three bags. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like a small. So, so I'm a size eight and a half, right? 
in shoe size. These socks are sizes, I think they're size 10 and a half to 12. So taking them as a 12, they're four sizes above my actual size, which is so which is fine. When you put them on, surely the heel's like halfway up your calf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. What of that's, it? That's going to cause you blisters, my friend. I'll tell you that. That's why um, I don't go. That's why I don't go running. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> we got a little insight, didn't we, boys, into into Hutchie's cycling um, proficiency because we all went out for a little drink uh, for the first time in a long time last week at the Maybush in Waldingfield. It was lovely, and Hutchie, being the athlete of the years, cycled there through a rainstorm um, and was exhibiting what can only be described as absolute boulders for calves. So uh, yeah, excellent calves, Hutchie. Um, I digress, boys. Let's move away from socks and calves chat. Uh, and get back onto transfers. Moving on from Jermaine Defoe. Just Stewie. before we move on from oh. Defoe, I mean, he's, he's 39 in October, but we are talking, we do have to keep reminding ourselves that Ipswich are in League One, and this is Jermaine Defoe, who has still been showing that knack of goal scoring. You know, he's not a player that's built on pure pace and athleticism. You use the term natural goal scorer. He's someone that right place, right time, finds the net. I mean, he, He's been a bit part player for Rangers this last season. He only started five games, but he still managed to score seven goals. Seven goals in five starts and 15 sub-appearances. He got 17 goals the season before that. He got eight the season before that. So he's at the stage of his career where you're certainly not going to get 30-plus games out of him. But you'd fancy him to get double figures, I imagine, in League One at the very least. But at what cost is is that worth pushing the boat out for to get a bit part player who's going to get you double figures for goals if you're if you're splurging a big bulk of your your budget on that just because it's a name and it might yeah, and then you're starting to weigh up you know how, how much does that bring extra sort of national interest in Ipswich Town how many extra season tickets does that sell all that sort of stuff for me. I think you might be overstating that in terms of what Jermaine Defoe would bring to Ipswich Town at this stage. I don't, you know, we know that the owners, the American owners, have, have brought Drogba over to the states. That's a completely different thing when you're bringing a global superstar to a to a to a a new football club that's building from the bottom up is a little bit different. I would suggest to bringing Jermaine Defoe to to Ipswich Town in in the third tier, but. Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't think that was going to happen, but it's another little indicator as to sort of the names that are, that are knocking about Ipswich Town at the moment. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, like you said, I, I, th- I would say Defoe is probably the, the most natural goal scorer, certainly of, of his era. There are other people, like you say, who are faster or stronger, but he was always in the right place at the right time and always, wherever he'd been, has scored goals. And I agree, if he was in League One, he'd still score goals. What do you think, boys? And I'm putting you on your spot here, and I, I don't know if you'll know the answer to this. We're talking about Defoe being on 35 grand a week at Rangers. What do you think is kind of the upper limit to what to what town could offer as, as a wage? I think there was a... Last year, I remember doing a story about a, a national survey with the, with the top player in League One, I think, off the top of my head, was on around 16 grand a week um, at Sunderland. Do you have any kind of insight into into what town might be able to offer? That sixteen grand a week would have been a hangover from a championship or even a Premier League contract, though, wouldn't it? I think, I think signing a, a player in in League One, an actual player signed in League One, would be on a lot, a lot less than that. Mm. Mm. I, I would imagine pushing five figures. You know, getting toward ten would be probably the upper end of a, a weekly wage, which would be decent money at League One level, especially in the current market as well. I would mm. say it's going to be a deflated market of, as, as COVID continues to bite and we get the aftermath of that. That will be top end. And maybe how many players you could get on, on that that sort of money would, would be the next question, whether it be one, two, three at a push or, or whatever. But obviously the more you spend on those sort of star slash marquee signings kind of takes away from what you're able to do with the mm-hmm. rest of the squad. So... For me, I'd like to see it maybe spaced out a, a little bit more and make sure you're kind of getting your proper bang for your buck across the squad, especially when they're rebuilding pretty much the whole squad from scratch. I don't know if you uh, if you want to be splurging it all on mm. on one or two and putting all your, your eggs into a, a small basket. Mm. For a bit of context, I think it's the current, when I say current Ipswich squad, I mean last season's Ipswich squad would be without going into specifics probably in the 
between two and five kind of range um, per player would be would probably averaging out at four grand a week would probably be where they were at before. So clearly it's going to be an increase, an increase from that, but all needs to be done within the SCMP um, turnover limits. 10 grand a week then tops. So you're, you're out of Ipswich Town's price range, Stu, on your current, your current salary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> um, boys, let's talk more. Let's move on. Sexy stuff. Sonny Bradley. Last time we spoke, um, Sonny Bradley uh, was, was very much on the agenda for Ipswich Town. He's now not because he signed a new deal at Luton. Uh, Stewie, do you want to take this one? Um, how much of a blow is this missing out on on Big Sonny? Um, I think it is a blow because they, I think they'd identified him as as someone that they really wanted and someone that they thought that they could get. I think they would have pushed towards that upper end of of the money that we've we've just discussed to get him and thought that that would that combined with the sale of the project that Ipswich are, are trying to build here with, you know, Cook and, and Ashton and the new owners um, thought that that, that that would get him. Um, I think the goalposts moved at Luton a bit with, with Matty Pearson, who was um, Bradley's centre-half partner, is signed on a Bosman for Huddersfield. Um, James Collins, one of their strikers, has, has gone to Cardiff on a Bosman. So whether that kind of freed up their their wage bill to um, to put more towards Bradley that they couldn't afford to lose all of their out of contract players and maybe up the ante, maybe his agents um, played a bit of a blinder playing sort of uh, one club off 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 against another. I don't know, but um, he signed for Luton. They haven't disclosed the length of that contract, so. It might not have just been getting some more money out of Luton. It might have been getting an extra, an extra year on the deal, which I think people sometimes underestimate. Players quite often want the security of three or four years as opposed to to one or two. So mm. uh, either way, he signed for for Luton and Ipswich. Um, Ipswich will need to move on to somebody else on the list. Which brings me on to Hutchie, Sonny Bradley, Luton captain, Championship stalwart, Town. Missing out on him, but they're very much in that kind of sphere, are they? As, as you understand it, um, in terms of people, they're going to be looking to bring in captain-wise and, and skill-wise. Yeah, both in terms of level and kind of age. I think um, it would have been, you know, to, to convince to convince people to drop out of the championship to come to League One is going to be difficult. So to to have got that one done would have been would have been great. It would have got the ball rolling. It would have it would have shown that ambition, but. I'll, I'll be honest. I, I do. I do worry that this is a scenario they're going to w- walk into on on a number of occasions um, this summer because players players who have played in the championship and have done okay in the championship are likely to have championship interest from them. So, so to be able to twist their arm um, to drop out of the championship into League One is, is going to be is going to be an effort. Obviously, the sell is the overall project. It's not come to Ipswich Town and play in League One. It's come to come to Suffolk, win League One, get into the Championship and then look to compete high up in the Championship and maybe kind of jump from where you currently are in the, in the second tier. But you might need to give us a year of, year of your life in the third tier. But I think that's going to be a difficult sell because it's not... It, it's not going to be a, a, a procession of like picking out a player and having an uninterrupted run at them and just, yep, yeah, we're the only team in for this player. We'll have you come here. Here's the money. There's going to be, there's going to be championship play clubs interested in these championship players. And that's, um, I think that's something they're going to have to negotiate this summer and, and hopefully they can get one done or have one done already um, just to get that ball rolling a little bit because it makes the sell that much that much easier, I'd imagine, if you can say, "Look what we've look what we've already got signed up." Okay, let's move on. I'm gonna I'm gonna chuck some more names at you. Over the weekend, there was another Scottish-based striker linked. Um, the Daily Record saying that Guy Melamed, an Israeli striker who plays for St Johnston, who've just won that historic cup double, had had confirmed that Ipswich and Sunderland were interested in him, and he was going to go back to Israel and weigh up his options. Stewie, is there, you understand? There's any kind of interest there? Do you know much about this one? Um, not a lot, no, other than the fact that this was a name that was mentioned last summer. You get the feeling that that might have just been that being rehashed again from, from last summer. Um, don't know loads about him. Um, 
can't add much more than that at this this moment in time. He's obviously got some impressive goals on his highlights reel, but I think most strikers you could put together um, impressive highlights reels. So the um, yeah, I don't I don't know a huge more more on him if I'm completely honest. Fair enough. Daily record did write it quite strong. Ipswich and, and Sunderland confirmed interest. Rossi, you put that together a little highlights package on one as well. And like Stewie said, he scored some some good goals, lad. He scored seven goals for St. Johnson this season and uh, he looked half decent. Some of those goals were playing in Cyprus, I repeat, in Cyprus and Scotland. So, but we're in League One, so we shouldn't be, yeah, <laughs> we shouldn't see, be aiming too high. On that note, I, I did see people going straight away. Seven goals in twenty-three games in Scotland. Not for me, not for us. But that was in that was in the the, the Premiership in Scotland. They're sorry, we've just won two cups. Towner in League One. I'm not sure that uh, we can get sniffy like that about about strikers at that level. Um, Hutchie, another striker that was linked to to Town uh, and apparently pipped in terms of signatures. Town were pipped by Huddersfield to re-sign a man formerly of this parish and formerly of Huddersfield as well, Jordan Rhodes. Um, your thoughts on that one? Um, I'll be honest. I can't. I can't confirm that they that they were pipped. I don't know that there was a contract offer there. I think. <clears throat> I think some of the language in some of these reports is is, is quite interesting. Um, I, I'm not sure if if anyone in the Huddersfield side of things knows that Ipswich were pipped to him. Um, but I'm not surprised that if if Ipswich were in that he's gone to Huddersfield. Because again, it's a championship club. He's got history with them. Um, same with same with Melamed. That the, that report from Scotland was interesting in that um, the quotes don't actually mention Ipswich and Sunderland. Uh, it's kind of the journalist that's that's kind of done that, and it's always interesting. I'd be interested to know how that was how that was asked um, and phrased to him. But um, we're going to have to get used to this. There's going to be a lot of players linked with Ipswich this summer. Um, hopefully they can sign some of them at some point. <laughs> Very true. Jordan um, Rhodes is a player Ipswich have picked up the phone about, I think, pretty much in every transfer window going for the last however many years, obviously, because of his background. Started at Ipswich, grew up, went to Kesgrave High School. Obviously, we know the story. Roy Keane let him go after he'd scored plenty of goals for the for the reserves never got the first team chance went on was the one that got away but it's been a, a little while since we've seen prime jordan rhodes being the goal machine that that he has been and his last few moves haven't haven't quite worked out have they and i think andy said in a video we did recently that he's a kind of a johnny on the spot goal scorer but is he the lone striker leading the line high-intensity, high-press type striker that Paul Cook wants in his system next year. I'm not sure. He did change my opinion a little bit. I remember watching him for Blackburn a few years back against Ipswich in the Championship, and he looked like he'd added a bit of that to to his game in terms of the physicality and the intensity to it. But um, again, we talked about if you're going to go big money to get a player like that, you, you need almost... There's no guarantees with any player, but you've got to be really sure that they're going to completely raise the bar. And I don't know if the last few years of Jordan's Rhodes career would suggest that that would be a complete slam dunk for him in, in League One for Ipswich Town. So um, he's gone to Huddersfield and uh, again, uh, Ipswich, Ipswich sort of uh, will ca- continue to look at their list. But as, as Andy says, the danger here is that by setting your sights really high, you spend a little while going for plan A and plan B. And then if those don't come about, then you suddenly start to find that plan C and plan D have gone elsewhere. And that's where you find yourself in a little bit of a pickle. But I'm sure they've um, I'm sure they've got plans in place for that not to happen. I hope so. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's great to be ambitious, isn't it? And, and get yourself linked with all these names. But you also have to be realistic as to what you can actually get in the door so someone else who is actually still in the door at town i guess technically hutch as we as we come to the end of this potential ins roundup guion edwards um there's a little update you shared today on his contract uh discussions he's more in the pool than in the door of course he's yes in, um, to be accurate yeah. <laughs> he's in uh like seemingly half of last season's town squad is currently in portugal um enjoying some sun 
and some golf. Um, but he's five five weeks away from being out of contract. Ipswich have offered him one, um, which I understand is a multi year one. Um, but they're still waiting to they're still waiting to hear from him um, an answer to that. Uh, there are other clubs interested in him. MK Dons being one, there are others too. Um, whether or not that gets done, I'm not sure. Um, it's in, it's interesting that they're they're trying to do that in uh, in relation to what's kind of happened to the rest of the squad that we've talked about at length. And I can see why, from Guion's perspective, there might be some hesitancy there. Um, maybe if you see if you see your club being linked with Jermaine Defoe and Jordan Rhodes and you're being offered a new contract that's kind of similar terms to what you were already on, you might not, you might think um, maybe the scale's changing here a little bit. I fancy a part of that. Who knows? Um, yeah, I don't know which way this one is going to go, but they are still trying to, they're trying, still trying to keep him. Hmm. Rossi, go on Edwards. Bit of a lookalike for yourself. Obviously <laughs> your boy. boy. Yeah. Do you want to see him back? Ah, if he's playing on the left, left of midfield, I think we need some of the team. Uh, you know, <laughs> I know Paul Cook wants to get rid of all of them, but at least he's been actually offered a contract. So, yeah, why not? Keep going on. Yeah, looks like they're having a good time out there, doesn't it, boys? Norwood particularly enjoying posting pictures of himself without his shirt on. Um, lovely, lovely place, Portugal, as well, where they are. Villa Mora, it's where all the footballers go. Superbox, steak Portuguese, getting all that. Maybe we should, that's something we should do, boys. Fancy a trip to Portugal? Do we have to play golf? Can we just not, can we skip the golf? Well, Stu can go off and play golf, Hutchie. Um, we'll go in line. A, uh, actually, though, beaches, you don't like heat, dear. So what would you want to do in Portugal? I'm all right if there's water around. I'll go in the okay. sea. So you we'll, can we'll... do the topless pictures in the pool and post them. <laughs> yeah. 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 People say that I'm the, the big lad up, up top. <laughs> no, absolutely rip. I'm absolutely ripped from the from the hamstrings down. Yeah, <laughs> the hamstrings down, amazing. That the boy lump up top comments really got to James, hasn't it? Yeah, that was a tweet from Adrian Durham on Talk Sport. I th- well, it wasn't even a tweet. I think he just mentioned it on on Talk Sport. He's obviously a Peterborough fan, and that was after the the game at Peterborough, which was when their pitch was in a, a real state, wasn't it? And Ipswich mm. went a bit more direct because of the conditions that game. I think Adrian Durham used a sort of a throwaway comment about Ipswich are such a direct, ugly team to watch and they got the big lump up up front. But he's he's quoted that a few times since yeah. then, James. So that's obviously cut him a little bit. And I don't know, obviously uh, all of this stuff on, on Twitter has, has got to him over a period of time, which I get because we get, we get a very, very small taste of it in our shoes. And I imagine for footballers, it must be, must be quite wearing after a while, but, I would suggest James doesn't sort of take a handful of people on Twitter as being the entire fan base's opinion of him. If he mm. gets back and scores goals next season, they'll, they'll all be loving you again, James. Don't worry about that. Mm. He's in but, fairly good shape as well, isn't he? Absolutely. He's a unit, been... isn't he? I mean, when you say big lump, obviously he's taken that as, as criticism and I suppose you'd have to take it as that. But I mean, he is he is well put together, the lad, to, to use mm. a phrase. Isn't he? He's 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 more muscular than you'd expect, maybe from, from a footballer. Had this, hasn't it? People like Frank Lampard and yeah. David Miller, and get, people get labelled sort of fat or whatever, and then you, uh, you then you see them with their tops off, and you realise that they're um, that they're very lean and uh, in, absolutely in pretty damn good shape. Yeah, I know. Also, I never understood why footballers bother with being on Twitter. It must be more more hassle than it's worth, I'd imagine. Um, so. Interesting. Boys, let's move on to outs from Ipswich Town. Um, Cole Skuse, we already know, is leaving. He has joined Colchester United, as, as uh, I think you, was it Hutchie, uh, said he would. Um, and he's also, there's some nice quotes from him about leaving town and, and, and joining Colchester. Do you want to bring folks up to speed on that who maybe haven't seen it? Yeah, two-year contract for Cole at, at Colchester, which is, which is good. Um, good for him. I guess if you get to 35 and you're offered a multi-year contract, that's a, a pretty good sign and, and probably one you should be looking at at taking. Security for him, not just in terms of his footballing career, but in terms of his family, that's another two years where they can stay living at home. Um, adds up perfectly, doesn't it? And, and I think I think he's talking in his interviews there about um, about being fit, about about being well over the knee injury that, that kept him out for almost all of last season. And, and if he is, he could... Um, 
he could add a steady head to a very young Colchester squad. So, um, no, I sincerely hope that one works out as well as it looks like it it should. Mm. Um, clearly, the story you wrote before was talking about Luke Chambers and Freddie Sears and Alan Judge potentially joining him there. Is there any kind of update you're hearing on that or is that still up in the air? Still up in the air, but still on the table, um, both up in the air and on the table at the same time. It's floating pl- floating plates. Um, Cham- Chambers has got options. Um whether he sees Colchester as being the right one, I don't. I don't know. Um, Sears again. I, I I imagine Freddie Sears is going to end up at, at Colchester, but I, I think he could well have options too. So um, Cole was the from that story. Cole was the one that I was most sure about actually like coming to fruition quite quickly at that point. I think that was the week before the end of the season. Mm. Um, that I think. Um, so yeah, that one. That one's happened and. Um, We'll see. Maybe maybe some more to follow. I must also tip my hat to you, Hutchie, because you suggested that the hashtag attached to that story should be Cole you. <laughs> Cole you. <laughs> do, you see what, do you see what I did? I did. Yeah. I, I loved Just, it. Yeah, because it's, yeah. it's Cole skews. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, excellent, yeah. brilliant, brilliant work, my friend. Um, yeah. I just also, on the subject of Hutchie before we move on, you know, you said yeah. earlier about what gets Andy excited and him yeah. being quite a level character. Quite um, a level character. I think that's a massive understatement. He's, yeah, ice he's, running through yeah. his veins. Um, I did very much enjoy your outro to the Amanda Powers interview. I thought that was that was that was classic sort of Britain meets America type vibe where Amanda wanted to ask sort of uh, Amanda Powers. I should mention is the um, which the president of of FC Tucson. Is that yeah. the title? Yeah. So FC Tucson are one of Brett Johnson's clubs. They're kind of feeder club to Phoenix Rising. And um, she says at the end, how do, how do you normally end these these meetings, Andy? We say over here, Forza Tucson. And and, and you sort of go, uh, normally normally we just hang up. And uh, <laughs> it's it an excitable American kind of meets um, sort of, uh, yeah, but bumbling down to earth Brit that was kind of uh, yeah, basically Hugh, Gr- Hugh Grant aren't I just Hugh Grant <laughs> I've always said that about you yeah very similar um yeah we should obviously mention go back and listen to that I dropped on Monday that's Hutchie's latest takeover tales interview with Amanda Powers an excellent name um from FC Tucson who is obviously linked up to, to Brett Johnson and the three lines ownership group game changer and all that so go back and listen to that if, if you haven't already um, but just moving on, boys, one final name in terms of outs, which has been doing the rounds. Teddy Bishop today, linked to his hometown club, who are now in League One, Cambridge United. Dear old Cambridge United at the Abbey, Abbey Stadium there. What, what are you hearing on that, anyone? Um, that seemed like a pretty obvious one to me. As soon as we kind of heard the story about uh, Teddy being among the legions of players that have been told by Cook they're available for transfer, I think Andy and I sort of both said to each other privately, where does where does where on earth does Teddy Bishop go from here at this stage of his career? A player that burst on the scene has proven himself to be an exciting player at championship level, but time has gone on, the injuries have mounted up for him. Where where does he end up next? And the, the first club you think of is is Cambridge, as certainly as soon as they were promoted to as a League One club, because you're right. He's he's from Cambridge. Um, I believe he's carried on living in in Cambridge throughout this time, so that would seem sort of a, a natural fit if uh, if Cambridge were in a position to uh, financially to be able to to do that. But I don't think we're in a position to uh, to say that anything's on the table at the moment. It may well be, but um, Andy, is there anything you've you've heard on the the Teddy Cambridge front? I was just waving at my daughter in the garden, who I haven't seen all day. Sorry, um, I, I was trying to stop her running in and inter- interrupting the uh, the podcast. What are we talking about? Teddy Bishop, Teddy Cambridge. Bishop. Um, no, <laughs> I, he, I, I, he's he, as far as I can tell, could have interest elsewhere as well. Um, but maybe we can maybe we can talk about that another time. Okay. How is how is young Jessica? Is she, is she okay? Uh, yeah, she can't understand why I can't talk to her at the moment. But I'm doing something very important, talking about football. So, exactly. Um, make sh- make sure she knows priorities. 
and and where yeah. she stands in the order of things um boys that brings us to the end of sexy talk chat sexy stuff um so let's move on to something equally sexy we are brought to you in association with manscaped.com the very best in gentlemen's below the belt grooming can also be used to shave every other part of your body so it doesn't just have to be below the belt boys um how are we getting on with our kit though boys because obviously they, they very kindly sent us a bunch of stuff um Stu went full chaplow as we already know and he's probably now experiencing significant itching i would i would imagine with the regrowth um how are you getting on there Stu? uh exactly that hasn't been touched since um i'm letting the uh the damage the <laughs> uh hutchy have you uh we, we know you're a big fan of the ball toner and uh and just toning just just toning? To- just toning that's all I- yeah i mean i'm in a very much in a in a three-week kind of toning um program yeah at the, mo- at the moment um so yeah i'll let you know how that how that turns out you're both on holiday next week though so i assume you're going to whip off all your body hair um i don't know where you're going but i'm just that's making a sweeping generalization <laughs> because that's what we all do isn't it when we go when we go on holiday we all just that's what i do go, just go completely hairless that's what i do yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, I am very different, though. I think it's fair to say to, to all of the rest of you um, in every single way. Um, Roscoe, how are you getting on? Yeah, I, got, I had a fresh trim on my hair last week, so I thought I'd match it. I did do a skin fade, you know, on the walls because I don't think you, that, that would look very good, but a little trim, <laughs> yeah. you know. So you're, got... you, how would you describe yourself down there? You're well trimmed now, then? You're like a sort of John yeah. Walters, are we talking? That kind of, kind of tight fade? Yeah, it's still, you know, it's still visible, you know. Still visible, you see hair and stuff, but um, I'm not gone too because I think I'll be too itchy. I feel, but yeah, I don't know. it takes some getting used to. Let me tell you, yeah. Um, I'm I'm eyeing up the weed whacker boys. I'm a, a man of advancing years, certainly older than the rest of you, and much older, old enough to be Roscoe's dad. So I'm now encountering issues with nose hair, ear hair, and the weed whacker from Manscaped looks like a, a nice bit of kit. Get the blade, stick it up your nose, sort all that mess out. Um, so there you go. I should just mention, of course, at this point, you can get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Let us know what you've got. We know people are using the code. Send us pictures of the stuff, not other pictures. I don't want to see the uh, what you're using it for, uh, but let us know you're buying the stuff. Yeah, let us know you're buying the stuff. Um, and let us know you're enjoying it because it's good. Uh, as I say, we, we, we are pleased to be associated with manscaped.com. And in that spirit, boys, I thought we'd rename Mark's big question today to balls on the table. We know the time-honoured Kings of Anglia negotiating style. There's going to be a lot of balls on that table in the Portman Road boardroom this summer, hopefully all trimmed by Manscaped. Um, Balls on the table, question time now. Let's go. Mark's big question. Now then, if you're watching on video, you'll have seen the magic would have been shattered because there is no intro music. Hutchie has to put that in in the post-edit. So we just stopped talking for a few minutes, well, a few seconds, really, while Hutchie takes a note of the time. That's all done, boys. Today's big question, balls on the table time, is who is the first celebrity you ever met? Now, it's a bloody good time. Again, peek behind the curtain time. It's a bloody good thing that I asked you this question before we started. Because when I asked you at this at the start of the show, before we started recording, you all looked like I'd taken a shit in your kettle. You looked thoroughly unimpressed. Um, Hutchie, Hutchie's face went from unimpressed to ice cold. Stewie rolled his eyes and Roscoe just looked like Roscoe. Um, so, boys, have you have you come up with the first celebrity you ever met? I'm going to start with Who's you, Stewie. in kettles? Tell me that. Well, no one, hopefully. It's just a generic term, isn't it? For when, um, is it? Yeah. Have you never heard that? Maybe it's a northern thing. I don't know. I've heard, like, shit sandwich, but yeah. never about, Man, doing, that, it in, never about a, doing it in a kettle. It's, it's a, something that I've used for a long time. When, when you've pissed someone off, maybe it's because I piss a lot of people off, I don't know, and I get that look. Somewhat, it's just a term that I've encountered in my life, shitting in my kettle or your kettle. Um, not to be encouraged, of course, boys. Um, very, very dangerous from a health point of view. Lots of bacteria. You don't want to be drinking shit tea. Um, but anyway, I digress. Stewie, first celebrity you ever met? Uh, first was probably when I got plucked out of the crowd at White Hart Lane as a young Everton fan by some sort of um, community staff member at Tottenham who came and, and plucked a couple of lucky 
young fans from the crowd to go and meet their heroes. So I got to go down to the tunnel. I don't know how old I was, probably about 10 and got to meet Duncan Ferguson, my, my football idol growing up. I remember just sort of, you know, you've seen those, um, the footage of the, the young lad who's the mascot and he kind of sees Wayne Rooney go past and just like, brilliant yeah. look of awe. That, that was me getting to sort of meet Duncan Ferguson who uh, had, had an aura about him. Um, and uh, a few more of the squad, and got got my my autographs and all that. So he must have seen like my... he must have seen like an absolute giant to a ten year old yeah. Stewie Watson because he's a, he's a big boy, isn't he? Absolutely. Good, excellent. <laughs> Hutchie, who was your first celebrity encounter? Well, I talked about my first before, which is when I, I opened a bottle bank with Mickey Stockwell and Neil Thompson, as you do. <laughs> What um, you are, sorry? Have we heard this before? You opened a bottle bank. Well, you've never opened it. You've never officially opened a bottle bank. I haven't. What is this? I mean, I assume this is when you had already kind of reached celebrity status yourself. But talking, this was your oh, first. I've been, doing, I've been doing this since I was six or seven years old, mate. <laughs> I, all you, all it is was <clears throat> probably back in nineteen ninety five or ninety four. Won a competition with an outstanding piece of art. Uh, oh, nice. Had moving parts, actually, a, a little slidey thing that, that pulled full bottles into a recycling machine. And out of the other side came recycled products. Um, made that, won the competition, got to open a bottle bank um, at the, what was at the Golden Key pub, which is on corner of Woodbridge Road in Ipswich. Now it's a little Sainsbury's. There's no bottle bank there. But if you've ever recycled a bottle bank there, a bottle there in the past, um, I opened that with the with Mickey Stockwell and uh, Neil Thompson. Got, is, there got blue, is there a is there a blue plaque? There should be. Um, yeah. There isn't. It's almost like it's just gone completely unmarked. It's like it never happened. Um, Disgrace. But I was I was lifted up by them. Got the old scissors out. Snip the ribbon. Ceremonial bottle goes in. Um, I tried looking through our picture. I think Ross, you've tried to help me find some pictures of this in our picture archive at work um, because it was definitely in the paper, but couldn't um couldn't couldn't find the picture anywhere but yeah were they were they good lads were you were you awestruck top top lads yeah top lads there's that and then we'll save that for another time we'll stick with that one for now that was okay good. that's intriguing roscoe uh one that maybe sticks out is a town player because you know they were probably celebrities to me when i was a kid probably not now because no, they're not very good right now. Um, but uh, Tommy <laughs> Miller, probably Tommy Miller, um, just in town once. I was just with my <laughs> mum going shopping. I was, I was 12. So this is his second spell at the club yeah. when Jimmy Jilton re-signed him. So I think, yeah, I was in town with my mum. And I went, mum, that's Tommy Miller. And we, I went up and said hello because he was just, he was by himself in his full tracksuit. So, nice. yeah, that's it. Good bloke. You like Tommy Miller, don't you, Hutchie? One of your yeah. football friends. Yeah, Tommy's Tommy's a lovely man. Um, yeah, and I'm not surprised he gave you plenty of time in the town centre, <laughs> Ross. He's a, he's a lovely fella. And very good player as well. My, yes. fir- my, my first celebrity, which is going to age me greatly compared to the rest of yours, uh, was Emlyn Hughes, who, when I mentioned this at the start of the show, Roscoe did exactly what you just done there, shrugged his shoulders. A Liverpool legend, Roscoe, Emlyn Hughes, um, also former captain of Question of Sport. Uh, he was... At a, uh, a charity football game, uh, which I attended for my, I think it was my eighth or ninth birthday, along with boys, again, Roscoe is about to go, I have no idea who you're talking about, Ruth Maddock. Mean oh, yeah. to you? Do you yeah. know who Ruth Maddock is, genuinely? Of course you don't. <laughs> a- acting legend, Heidi High fame, uh, Ruth Maddock, she was there too. Um, and Emlyn, Emlyn Hughes Why? was short. I don't know. It was just, it was, you know, like now they um, they have like Hollyoaks and, and, um, East Enders actors in charity football matches. I think that was probably the equivalent of that back then mm. uh, when, when Heidi High was was ri- ripping up the ratings. Boys, I'm going to digress though. Who's the best celebrity you've ever met? Stewie. I had an, I had an incredible um, day of star spotting in London once. Not one, but two celebrities spotted in the same yeah. day. Um, A-listers, no doubt. First of all, on the Tube Ride, uh, I was sat uh, opposite to Carol from Big Brother 8. I don't know if you remember her. <laughs> a large Scottish lady. That is, that is extraordinary. Yep. So I um, spied her 
And then, then I got off said tube and uh, I walked past Louis Spence, if you remember him, the, uh, of the camp, yeah. camp sort of TV dance personality as well. So all the big names on that trip to the Big Smoke. I think describing... I've, I've had a Big Brother spot on the tube as well. John Who? Tickle. Do you remember John Tickle? Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. Me and my friend Will saw John Tickle on the way home from an NFL game at Wembley. He briefly became a thing, didn't he, John Tickle? Yeah, um, he had Bra- his own... Brainiac. Exactly. I don't know what he's doing now, but I don't think he's still I don't think he qualifies as still a thing. Um Roscoe, best celebrity you've ever met. Once again, these aren't people you actually meet though, is it? It's just oh well the boys have gone with spotted there, but uh, you know, yeah, I'm free, I'm more, I'm free I'm and easy. More, I'm probably more spotted, so Lucas, Linhurst, Rodney. <laughs> oh. I was on the same train as him in London as well. So yeah. Did you say anything to him or did you just say just kind no, of stand just, there. First, I didn't think it was him. I was like, looking, I was like, is that him? You no. should, should have gone up and called him Dave. I bet that. Yeah. Bet no one shall. ever does that for him. Um, the best, the best celebrity I've ever met, genuinely speaking, I'm not just saying this because of the show, is Bobby Robson, who I interviewed uh, when his autobiography came out, and he um, he was in Ipswich doing a book signing, and he was one of the nicest men I've ever met. He was incredibly giving with his time, very polite to a, a young reporter with a shit haircut. That would be me. Um, spent quite a lot of time talking to me uh, and was very warm. He was like the best granddad you could ever imagine, Bobby. Uh, and in terms of the best celebrity I've ever seen, if we're going with this, um, I attended Claudia Schiffer's wedding uh, back in the day as a, as a young cub reporter. Broke the news of where it was going to be, my first world exclusive, Shimpling Church, um, and covered the wedding on the day. Boris Becker was there, all the Lockstock boys, apart from the one they fell out with. Obviously, Matthew Vaughan, she married was that was the director and uh, and Claudia herself although it was at the time when it was just starting where people had to protect the pictures of the wedding dress so um we didn't really see much of her because she was surrounded by blankets as she was walked up to the church um but yes there we go um <clears throat> boys from celebrities Claudia Schiffer's wedding Bobby Robson Carol from Big Brother to something equally as exciting town haven't been proving very good at signing players thus far but they have been incredible at signing coaches and backroom staff. They now have about 5,000 backroom staff to roughly 20 players. They've added a few more this week, boys. Um, John Ashton has come on board as a new first-team fitness coach, former Premier League defender, uh, also a stalwart at Stevenage Borough, got them into League One, former captain. Andy Costin's come in as head of sports science from Bristol City. Uh, and John Keeley announced today as the goalkeeper's coach. Um, Stewie, what do you make of all these this signing of coaches? Uh, it's it's quite a team they're putting together, isn't it? Yeah, takes me back to Paul Lambert's kind of end days where he was talking about the infrastructure not being right, and you don't know what an infrastructure is, and it all got a bit silly towards the end where he wanted to talk about the infrastructure being broken, but wouldn't talk about the specifics of it. Um, whether that's those issues that he left with Marcus Evans towards the end now being addressed. I don't know if that those are the specifics of it, but um, yeah, they're certainly getting some people in. Obviously, there were some holes to fill, wasn't there, with um, with Jimmy Walker and Matt Gill and formerly uh, Jim Henry, all kind of departing. So um, John Keeley's uh, come directly from Portsmouth, someone who um, Paul Cook has worked with, so... I think loyalty, I think we've discussed before, loyalty and trust are two big words for Paul Cook. And um, Keeley's obviously someone that, that he's worked with before. So another one another one through the door. But um, yeah, they're going to have more staff than players at this rate at the moment. <laughs> they certainly do at the moment, yeah. John Ashton, I like the look of. There's, there's elements, actually, and you'll, you'll support me on this. A little bit uh, kind of similar to Chris Doig. Yeah. Um, he looks like an absolute unit. Uh He's got an, a huge tattoo. He's the sort of guy who, on face value, the players won't be moaning about doing the bleep test to, um, I would say. Uh, for me, he's my favourite capture of the summer so far. Very much a big fan of, of John Ashton. Looks like he can handle himself, the lad. Um, any, any thoughts, Hutchie, on all these, these backroom signings? Um, I think I quite like just how um, the, coach, the coaching staff, the direct coaching staff is a Paul Cook appointment. 
And everything else appears to be a Mark Ashton club appointment, like Stu was saying about infrastructures and and having some permanency to it. Um, I know they were looking into, this was prior to Paul Lambert going, they were looking into making the goalkeeping coaching department part of the overall kind of club um, club structure rather than constantly changing with the management with the management change and and you know yeah I, I like that they're beefing up the the sports science the medical side of things but I like that that's coming from from ownership slash Mark Ashton's side of things rather than rather than management because it just does not need to be changing wholesale every single time there's a there's a change of manager because you're, you're just the turnover is just ridiculous we've took we've talked we've talked about Nathan Winder on here before haven't we um brought in by by um by Paul Hurst and ultimately left with Paul Hurst and he's gone on to be head of is it head of sports science I don't know what his title is exactly it's effectively that at Sheffield United and has done a really good job there if they could have had an appointment like that as being a club appointment rather than a, a managerial one then maybe the, the the turnover wouldn't have happened over the last the last few years so i think i think that's really good i think the way it's happening is really good the manager needs his coaches he needs the people he can trust to coach the team on a day-to-day basis the club needs to put together a staff a structure off the pitch that can allow whoever is in charge to succeed and that and that and that's what they're doing i i'm never going to i can't sit here and 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 tell tell you and tell people that these medical people that they're bringing in are top notch and they're, and they're brilliant because I, I, I don't know. Um, but there's, there's a reason they've been brought in and hopefully they provide that structure that can give the club some stability in that side of things. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just on the, also on the coaching tip, John McGreal, what was obviously had been, we know at, at Ipswich training, there was, there was rumors he might end up being the number two, but he's currently, uh, he says, having not checked this, this morning, um, Currently, the the favourite to take over at Swindon Town. The odds have tumbled. He's more. He's more than that. He's he has been appointed. Oh, has as, he? There you as go. A man, as a manager, while we've been while we while we've been on here doing this, he's been appointed. So Break, best, breaking be, news. Best of luck, John. The club that club's a basket case. So uh, best of, course, of luck. Of course, yeah. The Swindon lot, Hutcher. You could tell him a lot about them, um, boys. A lot of the shows we've done recently have been quite heavy. Uh, look at the the landscape transfer wise um, demolition man story um, so I thought today as we try and make it a bit lighter obviously we've we brought you the uh, the sexy stuff updates um, and we've had a chat about our knackers and celebrities and I thought the only way to finish would be with the strike and before I before I introduce young Roscoe for his 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 crowning moment his time to shine I should also mention Rossi that over the summer you are recording with various members of the KOA army the strike, the first, the first annual strike invitational tournament to crown the ultimate strike champion. So, just tell us a little bit about that before we get on to today's strike and Hutchie wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that should be. I should put Hutchie to the final, and whoever wins, oh, yeah, the ultimate take the, on. I like that. The ultimate, ultimate champion. So that the, the KOA Army champion versus the perpetual champion Andy Hutch Warren in a battle to the death. To it's the like death. an egghead, <laughs> yeah. egghead and people trying yeah. to take him challenge him, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, just, just tell people about that, uh, Roscoe, what's the idea? Yeah, so I've got together 18, I think now, 18 town fans. Um, of course, in the first round, people will be going head-to-head to uh, battle out. So it'll be five questions plus a tiebreaker. Um, and we've done five episodes so far, so they'll be out, probably one or two of them will be out for this podcast. Um and yeah, it's been a it's been good fun and um, I'm looking forward to see who's going to be in the grand final because the grand final will be five fans battling out. So um, will so be yeah, very look- grand. And obviously, as a boom, Luke Penning are they are they both involved? Winners of of live strikes? No, oh. I've invited them but I haven't got back. So. As a boom has got a lot to prove. To be fair, because he, yeah. he he got built up, I think, ridiculously too far. In terms of in terms of his stature, and then he completely flopped, didn't he? On um, did, did you do something? Did you do yeah. one like this on Instagram at some point? Ross? Yeah, he got Absolute, involved. Yeah, he absolutely bombed out. I think he's uh, I think he's flamed out. Was he running scared? He, he told me he was he was heartbroken, so I, he felt like he didn't want to embarrass himself even more. So 
He's not recovered. So there, there is, there is. I will say, you sent us the matchups, and there is a, a clash of the titans in round one, which I'm really looking forward to watching. A battle of friends of the show, Nigel G, owner of that fish, and of course, good old John Watson, <laughs> leader of the Northern Battalion, latest member of the friends of the show Pantheon. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to see their battle because I imagine it will be one for the ages. Roscoe, do you want to take it away for today's strike? We've not had a strike for a while, but um, I- I'm fairly sure I know who's going to win. Cool. Q intro. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross. people on the video you saw us just look around and wait for the intro to drop so there we go um are you ready boys it's been a while i can't remember last time we did this i was born ready to lose bring it on okay first question is on our boy ivan campo of course <laughs> who features on the manscape thing um yes i've actually got a new way i'm going to do this i'm actually going to show you the question oh so there we go so yeah, Ivo Campo left town to play in which country? I have options for you. Is it Sweden, Malta, or Cyprus? Well, obviously Hutchie already knows. Do you reckon, boys? By the way, Ivan Campo is obviously a very hairy man on his head. Do you reckon he's totally chaplow down below? No. It's <laughs> her suit. Um, Hutchie, go on then. Well, well, no, you're not tricking what? me. It's always okay. me that goes first. Is Cyprus? I think it's Cyprus, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cyprus. There we go. To how I've done this on the strike invitational, I've got them people to write down their answers and then bring them up. So maybe that's what we should do today. Right. Really, I think yeah, we'll we'll do that for the next question. But yes, it is Cyprus. So it's one one one. Have you have you? Everyone's got paper, haven't they? Excellent. Yeah, journalists should be having paper and pen. I thought Hutchie even... might. Be, I thought Hutchie might be a, a paper-free office. Uh, well, um, I'm. I've kind of got the matrix up here, the whiteboard, but I do yeah. have. I do have a pad of paper for scribbling down stuff. Okay, here we All go. Right. Next question. Scott Loach celebrates his birthday tomorrow, um, and uh, yep, this is the question. He kept how many clean sheets in 33 games for the Blues? So nearest to the correct answer gets the point. So just put how much clean sheets do you reckon he got? Is it kept or saved? I don't know how you say it with clean sheets. Is it kept? You keep clean sheets. Sorry, yeah, grandma's not very well there, but oh well. Your grandma's not very well? (laughs) Grandma. (laughs) We're going to do on the count of three. Yeah. Yep. One, two, three. Oh, we've got the full. We've got six, seven, and eight. Yeah, it's nine. Ah, so Stu gets the point. Two, one, the Stu. All right then. I like this. And this feels is like, feels like blankety blank. This now we're writing stuff down. <laughs> um, and this is the final question. But then we have got a tiebreaker. Of course. Final question. Is this the oh, short, the, the shortest strike in living memory? It's because he's, he's got about a million questions he has to come up with now for this <laughs> idea he's had, hasn't he? So we're we're getting the dregs clearly. Oh, sorry. Well, oh, oh, no, right. Okay, like, we've got we've got, like we've got these it. two no, questions. We've got two on. questions, and then we'll have a yeah. tiebreaker after. I can I can think of a okay. tiebreaker. Do not worry. Right. The next question is on good old Franny Jeffers, of course, one of the new coaching stars. Good old. Uh, how many goals did he score in nine games for Town? I'm ready. Good old. You know it. I, I think I know it. Yeah, because I've written a lot about him. Uh, ready? Okay. Three, two, one. Eighty-four. Eighty-four. <laughs> That's the previous. It's the previous answer. It, it is four. I can't. Four. I cannot. I can't believe they let him go with that strike rate. Eighty-four goals in nine games. Incredible. <laughs> Great goal ratio. Yeah, oh, brilliant. I'll say so that. Hugh's still leading. So he's he's what three two two, isn't it? Yeah, three two two. So the next question is on good old 
Klaus Topson. <laughs> How old is he going to be on May first? <laughs> on May, he played for Everton as well, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you should know this, Stu. Is this the original tiebreaker? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Oh, I can think of a tiebreaker quickly. So don't How worry. old is Klaus Thompson going to be on May 31st? Um, was he good okay. for Ipswich? Did Ipswich, was he good for Ipswich, Andy? Yeah, he was. I, remember, I just remember I liked him, him being a flop for Everton, or certainly that was... They paid quite a lot for that. him, didn't they? Did they pay quite a lot of money for him? A few million. A few million, yeah. No, he was good. He was good. He played well. Just keep talking, boys. I'm just uh, just looking at something um, on my phone. What? Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not honest, uh, as you you be able to know by my answer, I'd imagine. Uh, uh, right, there we go. Let's go with just go with 84 again. <laughs> See we where ready? you're at. Are we ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Oh, again, pretty close. So Ooh, I've gone. I've gone. Stew. Stew, what oh, is he? Bang on. Fifty-one. Oh, yes. He's in it. He's won. There we go. He's Stu, won Stu has lifted the strike. Dead on as well. Yeah. There we Stu, go. Stu, to ask you a time-honoured sporting post-match question, how does that make you feel? Uh, buzzing. Uh, yeah, absolutely buzzing. Excellent. Good. Well, there we go. Don't We don't need a tiebreaker now. So that was the tiebreaker. That was so... the tiebreaker. Have we still got is have we still got Barry on the outro, by the way? Is he are we now keeping him gamefully employed? Yeah, for the time being. We've got we've okay. got Barry for the time being, but a future outro will be made later oh, on. Oh, that just means extra editing work. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry then. We can just say thank you again for listening to the strike. Hope you enjoyed. Well done, Stu, for winning. Let's get to the next bit. Hi guys, Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. Excellent. Brilliant outro there, uh, Roscoe. I enjoyed that, boys. We've not played The Strike for a while and it's always good fun, isn't it? You always leave with a, a smile on your face and it's nice to see someone else taking home the trophy today. Boys, um... We've been going for an hour, which is pretty much spot on from a podcast point of view. That, my friend, is textbook podding. Um, anything else to discuss, boys? We should mention, of course, uh, that next week this podcast is going to be somewhat disrupted because the two boys to the right of my screen at the moment, Andy Warren and Stuart Watson, that is confirmed. Well done, Rossi. Stuart Watson is the strike champion. That's just flashed up on the screen. You're off on holiday, boys, half term. Uh, going to get used to this. this. Is the way of the future? Where are you going, Hutch? You're going to Wales, is it? Uh, West, yeah, West Country, and then a dip in a dip into Wales. Lovely. I, I think the wet the, the weather, by all accounts, is going to be nice next week. So it should be should be lovely, and especially for you, Stewie, because you'll be parading your hair free body on the beach in Cornwall. I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be like that guy on um, what was the advert with the Southern Comfort, the whiskey man. Yeah. The- yeah, that's it. That's a little be, strut. It's going to be me on the uh, the northern coast of Cornwall next week. Are there any uh, nudist beaches down Cornwall Way, Stewie, if you wanted to? Uh, I'm sure there probably is. Um, I reckon, I reckon there probably are. I'm not sure I'll be heading to them. <laughs> any other business then, boys? So um, what, I was, what I was in the process of saying is that um, Stu and Andy are away next week, so next week's podcast is going to be different. Am I right in saying, though, Hutchie, you've got a podcast already recording up your sleeve, which we're going to drop on Monday in the usual slot. You were telling me about a stadium announcer. Oh, we are now. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, me, me and Mike Bacon have had a chat with Rob Chandler, who uh, who everyone will know Rob's voice as the one of the two voices of Portman Road. Well, one of the three voices of Portman Road with him, Brenner, and then Stephen Foster recently as well. So yeah, um, if you want it, you can you can have it. Get it in your ears. Uh, and also next week, fingers crossed, we're going to be able to speak to Mark Ashton, who starts as the new town CEO. And if we can speak to him and we're allowed to bring you the audio, we'll put that out as a podcast as well. That should be good. Um, so, yeah, boys, any other business before we take our leave? This has been an excellent podcast, by the way. I'd like to say rating, I'd say 8.5 out of 10. Would you agree with that? It's not, not for us to say. Hutchie was about to say. 
I was going to give it an 8.4. 8.4, fair enough, yeah. Ross, Rossi? Two. Oh, you absolute tosser. Um, boys, it's been great sitting together virtually and talking about sexy stuff and various other things. We've covered quite a lot of ground. Um, we've had a bit of fun as well, which is what it's all about. All it leads me to say then is, is follow us across all our social medias, Kings of Anglia on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Clubhouse. That's a new one, isn't it? Clubhouse. We're not, I know we're not on TikTok. Clubhouse is a new one, um, which is interesting. We'll get onto that maybe. And also, obviously, use code KOA for 20% off, 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. That's code KOA for 20% off and free delivery at manscaped.com. Get involved in that. Have a great rest of the week. The sun is apparently coming. It's bank holiday weekend for those of you lucky enough not to be working. Have a great one. And we'll talk to you again in some form, hopefully, next week. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.